Hello and welcome to Film Seizure. This week as we cover our fifth recommendation film um, of recommendation month, 1990's Goodfellas by Martin Scorsese, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, That's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. It's either Scorchese or Scorsese. This is this is like a one hit wonder, right? Um, yeah, that guy I never, never heard did of this guy before that. or since. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, the two gentlemen you hear speaking are usually typically here. That's Jason and Jeff. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. Hello. How's it going? So, yeah, 1990s. Um, it's a what a biographical co- crime novel. We've heard that a lot of this is true, written by Nicholas Pileggi, adapted by Scorsese, um, widely regarded as one of the best gangster films ever made. Based on the life of Henry Hill. Yes, Henry Hill. Real-time gangster in general, POS, honestly, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he breaks he breaks his golden rules, you know? So Both of them. Piece of shit, yeah. Um, he, yeah, and I think, I feel like there's a little bit of this movie that is also kind of autobiographical for Scorsese himself. Is that, am I crazy reading into that? I feel like it's a little bit of his, of his like a, a, his childhood growing up in Italian neighborhoods in New York city. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe so much so that he put his mother in it. Well, yeah. his dad's in it too. Both of his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both his parents. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I think that maybe there is a. I think there is something to say about that, and it is something that I will talk about a little bit later. Um, he he very likely like when when this movie begins, uh, you see young Henry Hill just kind of watching the happenings going on across the street at the, at the, at the shop that the mob guys run, you know, and he's uh, you know, he's talking about how great that might be and how great this, you know, this life would be and, and all of this. And, and yeah, I mean, there is a little bit of romantic romantic romanticizing of it. Um, however, I think maybe, uh, it's very likely that Scorsese f- discovered the darker side sooner than Henry Hill did. Uh, well, uh, he, I don't, I just don't think he got caught up in it, but this was probably very much, you know, well, 1963, he would have been 19. So, um, so he's a little, he was a little bit older than our Henry Hill. Um, why, wait, what's but not, but not 19, by much. What, what's 1963 have to do with anything? 1963 movie, was is was the the movie started in 1955. Oh, you're right. Sorry, <clears throat> 1955. So so yeah, I mean that's that that's that tracks then because that's like you know Scorsese would have been 13. Yeah, 55. So I mean, so it's I, definitely it's definitely kind of parallels probably a lot of what he saw in his childhood growing up. Yeah, in Italian I mean, neighborhoods in New York. I think that that's one of the things that, I mean, the three of us are probably uh, maybe not exactly the right, (laughs) uh, exactly uh, the right people to necessarily talk about this, but I'm sure that there is a cultural element to that, right? Like, we don't know what it's. I grew up in an Italian, 
an Italian neighborhood and all of my friends when I was a kid were Italian. So this shit was still going on in the eighties. Sure. Sure. Like, like we, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, especially in Western New York, um, a lot of the gangsters, which some of, some of which funded like huge theme parks in the area that I lived in, at least rumored to be, you know, old, old sixties and seventies gangsters that had moved into the suburbs you know, left the city because other elements that they didn't want to be around and their families were all growing up near me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was at these family dinners, if you know what I mean, a couple of them. I was like the, the, the Irish or German kid that was with 12 other Italians at a dinner. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, these neighborhoods obviously still kind of exist, but you know, and, and in New York city or in Chicago or in LA, if you were like, you know, we don't know exactly what it was like for the Irish part of the town. Like what, um, Boston's got a huge Irish portion that, you know, it's like in the mid fifties and in the sixties, it's like, they were kind of very isolated and they were, you know, in, um, you know, certainly you could say, very similarly that places like Harlem in New York were very much kind of self-governed for a little while, or at least self-policed for a little while. And that sometimes gangs kind of fill that, uh, you know, fill that gap or whatever. Um, So, you know, maybe we, you know, like I'm assuming Jason, I'm not, I'm not out of uh, uh, too far out of left field here and saying that we probably have no idea what it would have been like, to have seen these types of things kind of really, really kind of playing out. But I, we, I think we can certainly understand that there is an appeal to that kind of power and to that kind of standing that people had um, when they were kind of part of the ruling class. Well, yeah, all I'm really saying is that this was part of Scorsese's experience growing up. Like I see, I see part of him in the young Henry Hill character. Um, and his parents, right? I mean, if you've seen his documentary he made in 1974, Italian American, you know, about his parents and interviewing his parents and her mom, his mom making meatballs and stuff in the kitchen, you know, it's, it's that aesthetic is there. I mean, yeah. they're there. You cannot separate the two so much. They were, they overlapped for a certain period of time in New York City in in little Italy. So, um, that's all I'm saying is, is that, you know, there's, there's something I think personal in this movie but it, it goes far beyond his experience, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, I won't, dis- I won't disagree with that. Um, it would, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure he probably saw some things, <laughs> you know, and things that he wouldn't even maybe feel comfortable talking about today, you know, certainly. Some- yeah, sixty-five years later, or whatever. And it probably he probably like saw and heard stuff that he didn't understand until years later, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, backtracking, backtracking a little bit. I didn't mean to insinuate that I saw stuff like this. I'm just saying that this stuff was around still Chuck's long. A, Chuck's in a witness protection company. Long yeah, after is. the '60s. That, yeah, that's why he moved from Buffalo. That's to, why he's. To, that's well, why you he, can't uh, tell him where I'm from. <laughs> That's why his I, name I, I, his name is Chuck Moore. Come on, that's like you yeah. just pulled two names out of a hat. Seriously, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I didn't I mean, get to pick my name. Like actually. Charles, Jason, John. 
<laughs> anyway, anyway. Well, and you know, it's like uh, Whitey Bulger wanna... lived in the in the suburbs for a long time too. You know, and right? He was uh, seemingly unassuming unless you knew who he was um, for a lot of his later life. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was that since this is recommendation month or whatever you want to call it. This is one of my wife's favorite movies. That's why we're covering it. Um, she not only thinks it's not only her favorite movie, she thinks it's the best movie ever made. She knows those things aren't mutually exclusive all the time, but she thinks both of this film. So we, we had a good time watching it, uh, getting ready for this. And I don't know. I always tell her, oh, Miller's Crossing is better. Miller's Crossing is better. Trying to goad her a little bit. Um, but this is a really, really damn good movie, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, um, I've got uh, yeah, I've got a lot to, to say about that later, too. Um, but Are you yeah. saving everything for later? Well, I mean, because it's not it's not consequential to it's not time yet. It's not time yet. It's not consequential to this part of the conversation. Um, but no, uh, yeah, it is. It is one of the better films ever made. And but it works on a level beyond what you would expect, right? Like this, this and The Godfather both kind of humanize people who are uh, really bad guys. Um, and they 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 contextualize sure i think but there is a little bit of humanization there too because it's like we know that tommy is uh is is insane we see the demise of uh jimmy and or you know the 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 demise of his cool demeanor i should say um or we, or the the veil is lifted. Maybe is maybe the better thing to say that he is really a bad, really bad guy. And but Henry is kind of our protagonist. Well, he is our protagonist. Everything operates through him, right? And there are times in which, yeah, with through the con- the context, you are getting his human side, and and you can make your own decisions about it. Like, you know, um, we don't know. I mean, if you only watch this movie, you maybe don't exactly know all of the piece of shit things that Henry Hill did. No, you get the you get the idea that he might have lied or made himself obviously look better sure. than he is in a lot of these circumstances, especially in the movie. Like a lot of the times he's the observer, right? While people yeah. are committing violence or or doing things that would make most people squeamish he's kind of like squeamish himself he's almost like the viewer in a sense and i don't really buy it but i don't buy it at all i think he's shit i I think i think every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie even when he's telling the truth if that makes sense right well yeah like the history is accurate but it's always yeah so he's always making himself look better right oh I, i think i mean you listen to any interviews with him you know as and he's i mean you could just tell he's a he's a manipulator well um, yeah, but, he continued but, to get in trouble he got kicked out of witness protection programs twice right. well but i mean but that's, bullshit. that's going further than the context that only the movie gives you though 
you know, yeah, I but mean, that, that's, that's, that I mean, that defines his character, though, him as a person. Yeah, but, but not, we don't we don't matter. know. We don't know those other interviews. I'm only talking about in the frame of the two hours and 25 minutes that we spend with him in this movie. Jason's talking about other interviews or, or conversations well, with him. Well, I think it's important, though. Well, I mean, it is, but I, mean, I haven't what, what we're watching is not fiction. Well, I know, but I mean, but again, it's, it's the it's the framework of this movie, right? It's oh, all right. Well, that's fair, but I'm not buying it even in the framework of this. I'm movie. Not either. Uh, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't buy him as a as a, like a sympathetic character, even a no, little. Not. I mean, not the first even a little. The first line he says is every, you know, as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. And almost everything he says after that is anti him wanting to be a gangster, you know, or the way he acts like, I don't know. I get what you're saying. If you I think if you exclude because all the information that Steph gave me, I got after the film. And I was like, well, that makes sense. This guy, you know, whatever. Right. But, I, but um, I, 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 I. I, I find the movie to be not so much humanizing gangsters. I think, I think more than most gangster movies, it shows them for the pieces of shit that they are. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because Joe Pesci is an animal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, these are, these are psychopaths, right? All of them. Uh, even Henry Hill. Uh, these are, these are not, these are not good people. And I think that Scorsese is trying to, to make that point at the end, you know, he, um, he's he, he, you should be, I think, pissed off that Henry Hill gets away with it. Um, you should be pissed off that, you know, he, he was allowed to, to get off relatively scot-free, right. In all in his in his culpability in all these matters like yeah at the very um, best he's an enabler right yeah. that's the best you can think of henry hill is that he allowed tommy he wasn't afraid of tommy he wasn't afraid of of jimmy at least that's not the picture i got well and i he, think i think in the end he was i think he knew well, yeah. his, his his i mean yeah he did one way out life he did one way out save his life yeah yeah but let's but, get um, we gotta get there. But, we gotta start at the beginning, right? Go ahead. But I, I but I think yeah, I think I think what makes Goodfellas so good is that it doesn't put on any airs, right? It it does yeah. try to give you that realistic side of things, and and I think it does allow you to make your own judgments um, in some circumstances, but um, but it's very much an unreliable narrator story. Right. And I don't think the Scorsese would make any bones about that. He's like, this is the source material. This is what I'm presenting. It's up to you to decide, you know, what you believe and, um, and, you know, how you feel about the players. Right. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah. I mean, like the, the, the narrative is saying one thing, the final shot of the movie is uh, a completely different thing. You know, it's like, and even you know even the choice of of the the um um sex it was it sex pistols version of my yeah. one yeah. yeah yeah even the yeah. choice of that is running anti to yeah the dude's a nobody now ordering spaghetti that's you know right egg noodles and ketchup um uh-huh. yeah it's uh yeah he did things his way and it you know yeah, yeah, he misses he still, it. He misses it, and he, he misses it, right? Um, he it, it, the movie does a good job of of showing you the seduction of this lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? 
but it also shows you it's, you know, you have a very, probably a pretty short uh, half-life, right? In this, in this world. And um, yeah, it's great to be able to roll up to the Copa via the kitchen and get a table right in front of the stage. But, you know, the paranoia, the constant fear of your life, the constant like need to earn, right? Is, is very much built into the anxiety of this movie um, and, the, and the traps that you fall into to kind of maintain your lifestyle. It's, um, it's a cautionary tale, I feel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. So 1970s New York is where we start, right? We have Jimmy the Gent, wonderfully played by De Niro, probably one of my favorite roles for De Niro. He's just so great in this movie. Um, oh, you, don't, you, Henry, don't, you don't think uh, the, the Fockers movie is better? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I do like you, him. you, you, Jeff. I got my eye on you. Talk, <laughs> a, talk, about, talk about anxiety. Meet the parents gives me more anxiety than anything. <laughs> God, that's anxious movie. I can't even watch it. Um, Henry, played by Ray Liotta, he was not super well known at this time that I remember. I know he'd been he'd, been, he'd been around for a little while. I mean, he'd been around, I think, since the late seventies. But yeah, not who. Uh, Ray Liotta. Oh, Ray Liotta. Okay. Right, okay. And then we have Tommy, played by Pesci, who is wonderful as well. I mean, everyone is really good in this, save a couple people, right? But they have a body in their trunk, and the body is still alive. Um, and we immediately get to know these characters. What, what way Henry is going to act, kind of squeamish to what these guys are doing. Um, Jimmy the Jen is a gun guy and Tommy's a knife guy. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of people that they are. Yeah. Um, but they and, have to uh, yeah, and one real quick thing there about that is that um that also yeah, you it it that is very, very well um uh informs the type of character that Jimmy and Tommy have. Whereas Tommy is an animal, he wants, he literally wants to feel somebody die. Um, whereas Jimmy is like, let's just get it over with and done with. I don't have time. You know, I'm, I'm not going to fuck around with this. Um, so, yeah, a knife is a, a much more brutal instrument in the hands. It's of, intimate. It's like it's intimate, intimate killing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe Pesci as um, Tommy in this movie legitimately scares me. Yeah, he's a scary yeah. character. Like, like, he, like he's the Frank Booth type character from Blue Velvet, right? And that's not my my Lynch connection. I was joking. That I kind of able to connect this movie to David Lynch. But well, you did it anyway. But, but he's but he's that kind of character, right? He's the kind of guy who I would never feel comfortable around, even if I thought he liked me. I would always feel uneasy around that around that person, right? Yeah. And um, and he's very much the Frank Booth, right? He's just he's just one short fuse away from flipping on a dime and doing something crazy, which you see happen countless times in this movie. Right. 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 That's not and, a person I would want in my life. Yeah. Right. And it's, uh, <laughs> they even really, really try to bring that point home to, um, Paul Servino, uh, a few scenes later, like after we yeah. get through the, the prologue, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not great. It's somebody who, um, doesn't really have the business mind that Jimmy does. 
He's only in it for the killing. He's like the bloodhound. You point his nose at something and he just goes. Right. And then if you hurt his feelings, he reacts animalistically. Right. Um, but we have Jimmy the gent. I think it's not Paul, uh, Polly. It's Jimmy that gives Henry the two tenants, right? That you're supposed to live by. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about these tenants in movies lately. In this movie, it's never read out to your friends and keep your mouth shut. Yep. Which basically those two tenants are the same fucking thing. Right. Right. <laughs> it's right. one thing just shut your mouth do right. what you do and don't tell anyone about it right yep um so that's what because henry meets jimmy when he's very young i think like 20 or 19 or so maybe even younger i can't remember if you met him uh, yeah was it was not. yeah it was uh both both tommy and jimmy came into his life when he was not yet um I mean, he was running info and he was, you know, uh, uh, burning down cars and whatnot, but he was not yet really doing the heavy shit. Uh, well, right. uh, yeah, yeah. Self after Jim. Tommy, Tommy and Henry yes. are the only characters in this movie who are played by more than one actor. They're played by younger actors. So there's right. this, there's this definite sense that they're more the same age and they came up as kids together. Whereas Jimmy, um, was a little bit older. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, well, when yes. when they meet Jimmy, Jimmy's kind of at the top of his game. He's the hot shit that's young. He's in, you know he he gives everybody a twenty dollar bill whenever whenever he meets them, you know, and yeah, um, you know, and, and and obviously we see that play out at the Copacabana too. He's kind of the antithesis of Tommy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can trust Jimmy at all times until you cross him or put him in crosshairs right whereas jimmy, Tom, jimmy is better at hiding what he thinks yes yeah but he he's the kind of guy i would be comfortable ha- having as a friend if we were always copacetic he's oh, not yeah. going to be irrational about anything right but he's going to protect his ass right and if you compromise his position <laughs> Then you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to set assets, but <laughs> oh, he's going he's gonna, to, he's going to, he's going to kill you quickly and quietly. Right. Yeah. You're never going to yeah. see him coming. You're, you're never, never going to see him, him coming. Right? I love that part of this movie when the cops show up, but that's later. Um, he is, he is just as much of a psychopath. He's just, you get the sense he doesn't uh, enjoy it. Well, he's measured, right? Or, or, or he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't enjoy it. He, he, um, he's calculated. It's just, it's just another day at the office for him, right? Whereas, whereas, um, Tommy, you get a sense that he actually likes to kill, and he's emotional. Like Jimmy yeah. is not emotional. He takes it's right. bi- business because this comes up a it's lot. Business. It's the business. Right. Like re- I think Henry mentions it a couple times in this movie. Yeah, that's what Jimmy represents. Jimmy Tommy, represents the yeah. business. Yeah. Tommy represents the the crazy side of it. In totally. J- yeah. J- Jimmy kills it to to save his ass, but Tommy kills out of passion. Yeah, he's a out of reaction. Movie. Yeah, he's a lunatic. Yep. He's, uh, he's he's actually called an arch villain. This guy's he's an yeah. arch villain. Yeah, because he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's one of it's one of the only. I know we're jumping way ahead, but his end, I will say, is one of the only moments in the movie I feel like where rational people kind of realized the danger of having someone like him around, right? Yeah. Right. And it's brilliantly played out. So you don't know what's coming. It's great. I love it. I love oh, the it's way perfect. that it's yeah. perfect. 
Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have a shifted back from 1955 when Jimmy's or Henry's running around doing the low level Johnny Dangerously newspaper delivery crap, right? Um, I had to throw Johnny Dangerously in there. Um, you call me Francis Aki. Aki. My mother called me Francis once. Um, so he's older. He's 29. He's forget the ages because they say that Jimmy is like 40 and and Ray Liotta's 49. They age like old people used to age. They were like way old in their 30s. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's 29. He's an up-and-comer. He's now in good with Polly, right? Polly trusts him. He's not, he can't be a made man because he's half Irish, right? Same thing with Jimmy. You find that out later, but if you know about the mob you know they can't be made men anyways um but he is starting his career stealing basically everything from everywhere right and he's also oh what what am i trying to get to here i don't want to skip anything but the, the primary moment here is when he helps tommy um go on a blind date to where he meets a girl right? yeah so there's yeah there's a couple of things there so he learns the art of uh of, of the grift basically from jimmy he he notices that jimmy is uh his his main thing is uh knocking off uh cigarettes from the back of trucks and you know he takes the cigarettes and then he sells them for cheaper and and uh henry's in on that uh he gets pinched at one point but his connections basically help him get off with with almost no penalty uh, oh when he's a kid right yeah, yeah when he's he a gets kid pinched. yeah um and then um he uh so then what that ends up doing is it ends up uh just kind of as the job evolves a little bit there's uh there's a couple of other things that come up uh airports now become the new uh warehouses that you get you basically get stuff from um there's uh also the whole situation in which we really see tommy at his at his most pure is uh the whole you think i'm funny stuff and you know because he's telling a story and that that henry hill laughs at like he's an insane tucker carlson like just cackling at the shit that's not even that funny um yeah. it's just it's tommy being a dick to somebody and the story is apparently that funny and so well he, it's interesting i i think that i think since we're on that scene i really really like that scene the depth to that scene because you do get a feeling like maybe henry is overreacting he is like sucking up right yeah he's always trying to be like the guy who is affable to everyone and always on their good side right <clears throat> and he is he's way over laughing i don't think he thinks the story is that funny he just wants tommy to think he thinks the story is that funny yeah 
right? And, and then and, 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 and then Tommy catches on to it exactly. Yeah. And and he and he kind of he kind of takes him down a couple pegs while scaring the absolute shit out of me and everyone else who's watching. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yeah, this is. I mean, a- anybody who knows Goodfellas, you, you don't. You, if you haven't seen Goodfellas, you know the what you think I'm a clown to you. you know, what am I? Mm-hmm. What do you mean I'm funny? You know that stuff. You know, and you know it's Joe Pesci and um it uh it, it ends up escalating to the point where then joe pesci's like ah, i got you and you know because like you know uh henry's like uh, at first like literally saying like no i'm you know just the way that you tell the you're you know you're funny or whatever you know like you like you can't explain why it's funny but you know it's like sometimes you can't always explain why a joke is funny sometimes the delivery of the joke is what's funny and you know and that's what he's trying to say but he can't really say it but then and he's like oh well, you know the, the way you tell the story yeah and then eventually he's like oh get the fuck out of here you're you, and then tommy's like ah, yeah, i almost got him yeah and uh, and, then, and then they kind of get playful with it right and and um and henry kind of keeps saying it to kind of get more sort of poke but yeah, he knows right. that the he knows all the tension's been released from the room. Right. Right. Until yeah. the owner of that yeah. uh, of that bar that they're at comes up to Tommy and says, um, hey, you're going to take care of this bill. It's like seven grand, uh, which, by the way, a seven thousand dollar bill in in the early 60s is. I, I can't even get to seven thousand dollars at a restaurant today, I don't think um but you know back then they were they were there all day probably well tommy's like hey put it on my tab you know because he expects just to get everything given to him because he's one of the guys right well then the owner is like no we can't do that it's seven grand that's that's not gonna fly and so he beats up the owner and then it goes to uh the owner then telling uh it's like, come on, you got to do something about this guy. He's an arch villain. He's insane. He's crazy. It's like, you know, and he tells, um, he, he tells uh, Polly something to the effect of that. He's a maniac. He's, he's insane person. And he apologizes to Henry because he knows he's Henry's pal. He's like, I'm sorry. I know he's your friend, but come on. The truth is the, and, and Henry's not fighting this either. You know, he's kind of staying. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe Tommy did go over the edge or, he's staying out of it because it's not, it has nothing to do with him. You don't take sides when the crime boss is making a decision. You wait exactly. until the decision's made, right? Exactly. And so uh, at that point, Paulie's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I'll tell him, but he's not going to listen to me. So already right there, you know, Tommy's a problem. Tommy's right. a loose cannon. Um, but Paulie I want to make, I want to really make mention anything. real quick. I want to make mention real quick of the song that's playing in the bar during this scene i swear to god if this is if this is a fucking lynch connection it's not it's not okay it's not it's not but it but it but it but i was listening to it i was like holy shit that sounds familiar and it's um i'm gonna totally butcher this it's il cielo in uno stanza and um and this might be why subconsciously steph your wife chuck loves the mondo kane album so much by mike Patton because he covers that song on that album I didn't even notice that. That's interesting. Yeah. 
I didn't even notice that, but yeah, hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah. So um, he's uh, and at that point in time, like there's there's the discussion because also during that scene, uh, Henry meets up with Mike Starr, who's they're going to set up the Air France heist uh, because now, you know, again, that that progression, that that evolution of the of the job has now gone to uh you know uh, stuff that's happening at jfk airport is you know is where the money's at now right not the trucks with the cigarettes it's the it's the it's the literal money that's flowing in and out of that place um then on so also um we learn about how the whole protection part of this plays out Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get insurance, you pay the mob for protection, but the mob continues to squeeze you. And until you can no longer get any more money, because basically Fuck you pay me. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you pay me. Right. It's all of this. And it's uh, and and it's basically it's the um, the olive branch that no longer, you know, Tommy will no longer fuck about with this guy. However, the guy ends up broke. And what's he got to do? He's got to burn down his own place. They bust a joint out. And yeah. so that's when at that point, Tommy is like, they're waiting for the place to go up in flames. And Tommy's like, so yeah, I got, you know, I got this thing I want to ask you to do for me. And, and, and Henry Hill is focused on the air France job, which is the next night. He, he doesn't have time to go on this fucking date. And Tommy basically already spoke for him, which pisses Henry off. Which you know, again, he's kind of trapped by the you know by by uh, by Tommy here in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're 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 caught so, up to where you're so at, Chuck. Yeah, I, the, the double date. Yeah. Yes. And there's zero. Yeah, I totally missed some important points there. Thank you for that. One thing I wanted to mention that Polly said to the the restaurant owner is, "What do you want me to do? Shoot him?" Mm-hmm. yes and the restaurant is like that's not a bad idea yeah. and then it, like the air just gets sucked out of the room yeah right? and he's it's like great, i didn't though, mean but, to say that but but it's it would have solved so many of these problems if they right, and it's kind of that. like you know a little bit of foreshadowing for you right it's, it's a little bit of foreshadowing but it's also like one of the first times you see polly see that tommy is kind of a problem right so, yeah 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 like this isn't a this is an offense that's worth killing them for but it's now in that, the day, that day is gonna come yeah yep 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 and that yep. day comes <laughs> yep yeah and they say polly's not much of a talker right he usually listens he doesn't want anyone hearing what he has to say and he doesn't want anyone to say anything directly to him or whatever his <laughs> paul Sorvino yes. puts in one of, one of the great understated performances in this movie oh he's fantastic like, in this he 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 in some ways with just a look or with a presence steals scenes and that's hard to do man he's really good in this yeah yes he, he really is, is. He, especially I mean, with those he, he other looks, people that are in this movie yeah, yeah he yeah. looks like like the you don't boss. steal scenes from these people right right he looks like the boss of robert de niro in this yeah yeah and, i mean you believe it you believe right. it he, he, even with their personalities being a strong like chuck said you believe that with the with a finger he owns them yeah right i mean it's uh you know it's it's the it's the very thing that that brando had in the first godfather just sitting in that room hearing yeah hearing what people are bringing to him on this the day of his daughter's or uh, funeral wedding (laughs) 
wedding yeah yeah right <laughs> no uh yeah so it's that, it's that presence you know and it's like um and this is you know this isn't brando uh, you know at his height this is paul servino just being really good yeah i um the double date scene i really like when the first person narration shifts from ray liotta to lorraine brocco yeah i've always liked that it's almost like it's it just gives this movie another gear well it shows henry right what he is right like yeah you know, he's... Well, it gives you again, yeah, the outside perspective. Right, it's giving kind of you a little bit of your voice as an audience member, right? Well, and it also... now she now she but but she falls into the same seduction that he fell into. Well, right? he, yeah, she's also exactly like there is. She doesn't know what he does at first, right? But there is something about him that even later no matter how angry she was holding a gun to his fucking face while he's asleep mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. still attracted to him right. know, as and oh yeah she and, yeah. and some of that is she's more attracted to the life that he gave her than mm-hmm. him you know himself there's a, and there's and there's an excitement to it yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah um, i don't know i don't know if i buy her as a narrator either to be completely honest with you like the thing oh, she sure. says about not knowing what he does and not understanding right. who he is to me is another one of the moment her, he, the reason that she's so attracted to him is that they're kind of the same person she knows yeah. what she, i that's the way i feel about sure. it i don't know if i I'm think right. i think that she's pretty pretty much when she asks what he does for a living when the, he does the whole back you know, kitchen copa entrance and he says he's in construction i think that from that point on she pretty much knows and she I, and should I don't have think known she... the moment that he handed her a bloody ass gun from him pistol that's later that's <laughs> later that's later that's right, later. Sure. Yeah. yeah yeah what's great about that scene when he says i'm in construction and it's not really a joke but for the audience it's a joke is the band at the restaurant does the the joke drum roll? It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is that is Henny good. Youngman's on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Very Take funny. my wife. Take her. Um, I like this crowd. <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't get the sense that she is being willfully naive for much longer. Um, yeah, but she's. This is her talking years later. You know what I mean? Like she's telling us what she thought at the time, but she's, right. I think she's slanting it. I don't. I don't think she's willfully. Well, she thought a, she thought that he was obnoxious is the first thing that she said. Um, right. I, she I also get that she also admits she also admits to essentially being seduced by by the excitement of of his life. Right. Well, so and, yeah, and he, but she never he, comes right out and says that she, she doesn't know what he does. Well or and he she doesn't, is, she doesn't stay like she's not like the Carmela from the Sopranos who right. who is like purposefully naive like almost the entire show, right? Yeah. Well she he also is seduced by her over two things. One, she stood up to him and and yeah. got angry at him. And he's, mm-hmm. he reacts to that kind of forcefulness because of the crazy ass people in his life. But then also she was wearing a red dress and he thought she was <laughs> good in it. 
you know, it's like it, it's it probably the attitude preceded that and then it twisted mm-hmm. his opinion back. So, you know, that may have been the one time he was actually honest all the way through that. Hey, you know what? I like that. Yeah. 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 yeah I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that they fell in love. Right. I mean. I, oh, no, least... no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. doubt. Um, I love the wedding. Um Oh, the, the envelopes, uh, the Italian of, envelopes, yeah, yeah of money, <laughs> cash, yeah. I, I and love then, the, the, and then the uh, well. What about our our bag with all the envelopes? Yeah. Like, there's nobody. Yeah, nobody's going to take that here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really great. Everyone was named Peter and Paul. They were all married to Mary, and all the uh-huh. Mary's daughters were named Marie's. Mary or Marie. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, I wrote Marie. I said Mary. Um, yeah, so I don't think we skipped anything ultra important there. They're married now. Uh, she starts um, hanging out with the ladies and it's like they had they had bad skin and wear too much makeup they didn't look good yeah. <laughs> no yeah yeah i, yeah, I really like that i also like um i also like that there's this <sighs> foreshadowing right because she doesn't look good in 20 years or 15 well, years that, right? that she, might be that might be partially the drugs too well it's definitely partially predominantly the drugs but it's also the lifestyle right yeah. the, there's this stress and anxiety that comes with being married to a gangster the the well there the was mistresses also... the the lying the um yeah the coming in at all hours of the night the violence right the where's this money coming from the uh, the thought that you know, she starts hearing them tell stories about so-and-so going to jail and not being able to provide and what they're going to do. So she starts to see and understand like the other side of the coin. Right. Yeah. Well, and then there's the scene in which the cops come and, and search through her place. And of course she's like, yeah. Oh, I always just, you know, offered them tea or coffee and everybody else would spit on their own floor. I don't get that. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and she's yeah. sitting there watching this, like, like insanely happy musical too. It's like, that's, that's a fabrication. Mm-hmm. It, you know there's no yeah, way that she totally like that. Um, i totally agree not yeah. not with her anger issues that we see every now and then uh there's no way she was like that she was trying to make herself sound better you know in the eyes of she's trying to make herself better than these other wives right that too when, yeah. when in reality she when in reality she was just another one of them she was probably the one yep. spitting on that's the why and then later think... was like you know why did i do that that didn't make any sense <laughs> that's why i think they're two peas in a pod these two oh, henry and henry and uh, uh karen i can't remember her name karen she's karen. the first karen she's the first karen, karen. The, um, she's a total karen about yeah I, I just all i'm saying chuck is i don't get the sense that she's like being willfully naive either maybe not in the beginning i just don't, i don't trust either of them yeah really well, you should. which makes the movie better I think the fact that they're they're not reliable narrators makes the movie better because it makes you invest in figuring out what's really going on there instead of taking everything at face value. Um, and even even Scorsese, I think this is the brilliance of him. Like Jason, you said earlier, he's delivering a narrative he was given, but he's presenting in a way that doesn't let doesn't allow you to take it at face value. It's like, no, well, this is what we we heard. 
But then you might want to look at this a little differently. But he doesn't tell you out now that I don't agree with this. He's also telling the story at a pace that it's hard for you as an audience to really even examine what's happening scene to scene. You get whipped around, right? A bit. Yeah, you get you whipped wait around. Till the end, yeah. I mean, he he basically said he shot the whole movie like like a trailer, right? He's like it's it's a feature length trailer. Um, yeah, it's it's why Thelma. What, what does that Thelma mean? Schumacher got, uh, uh, or Schumacher. She got Every, everything. For, everything uh, that's happening is meant to, to to like attract your attention, right? Yeah. Like it's it's all it's all about like it's it's kinetic energy. It's it's fast. It's like it, overwhelming you with information, right? And keeping you your senses perked. What's interesting too is that the breakneck speed this movie is at. It gets even faster later, mm-hmm. even in the narration, which is like wonderful. But we'll get to that point. Like yeah, I just a helicopter chase. <laughs> all of that, all yeah. of that. When he's high, yeah. The way that that narration is delivered, you're like, he's fucking. Like you said, Jeff, he's been high ever since, right? He's totally. Oh, Ray Liotta has been on a fucking <laughs> for forty years. Those eyes don't lie. He's he's those goddamn eyes. But 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 he quit smoking. Damn it, he quit. Well, smoking he, he did quit smoking. He did. <laughs> I quit smoking cigarettes, but I still get my face in a big pile of blow. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It's, it's unnerving to look at him sometimes. Um, <laughs> Jeff, you're better at keeping the narrative beats. I have the Billy bat stuff next. Is there anything um, important in between here and there? Yeah. I think the Billy bat stuff is next because, um, the the Lufthansa stuff is later. Um, yes. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, when, uh, Billy Bats is before prison, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Would you? I would argue. I would argue this movie is kind of in like it's kind of in like three sort of main sections, right? You have the the young Henry, you have the the seduction of the lifestyle, and how. And how great everything is, even when he goes to prison, right? There's still this, they're treated like rock stars. They run the prison. Well, they have their own, they have their own cell block. Right. There's there's that seduction still. And then it's like, it changes after the Lufthansa heist. And it's like, well, you've gone one step beyond where you can really kind of manage everything. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, but the Billy Bat stuff is important because it's like the very first oh, moment. There is, there is one other thing I think that kind of comes along here right about the same time or right before this. Spider. Uh, no, well, yeah, that's. In I there. think that's later. Yeah, that is later, sure. but that's. Uh, but what I'm talking about is Saturday night was with the wives. Friday night was for the girlfriends. And it's yes, really so- important that every that every mob guy has his own side piece or two. Or possibly. Right, because the wife's at home taking care of the kids. She's dealing with nerves. She can't. She cannot deliver on the other needs that the men have. Right, that's like kind of the indication there. Um, they need a woman that doesn't isn't tied to any of this. Right, but what happens to Henry is he ends up tied to another woman. He buys her an apartment down the street. Um, it obviously creates a lot of issues with with Karen and Henry. Um, you know, well, he she's also, he, also has wife, his, right? he also has his his coke cutting girlfriend too later. 
Well, I think that was like Tommy or 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 Henry. It was Jimmy. Or it was Jimmy's. Jimmy's girlfriend. Yeah, it was. originally. Yeah. Yeah. So she doesn't really. Yeah, but she's later for sure. Yeah. Um, and at that point, Karen is so off the rails. I don't even think she realizes what's happening anymore that Henry might even be involved with another woman. Right. But obviously, Henry is. He's making Karen upset. Um, there's a few instances. One, she pulls a gun on him. And he's like, oh, baby, oh, baby, I'm never going to see her again. I'm never going to see her again. Right. And uh, then he turns her over and puts the gun in her face. It's like, you don't like this, do you? Blah, blah, blah. So their their relationship is going swimmingly at this point. Right. Um, real well, good. The kids uh, yeah. are obviously seeing this stuff and and crying and blah, blah, blah. Well, then yeah. the Billy Bats. Well, that uh, that part is also later where where she's confronting him about the girlfriend uh, because that oh, I don't thing- think so, because he says he'll never see her again. And then she sees her name in the book. Oh, yeah, he's already right. told her he will never see her again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This because- happens right around the time of the Billy Bats and the arrest. Yeah, that's stuff. right. Because the right. The next night they go they're at the uh, the club that, that he owns um yep and uh uh tommy comes in and um yeah and there's this guy billy bats we don't know a ton about him right but he's obviously not obviously but he's a made guy he's an untouchable dude um but he's with he's one of those guys yes this uh celeste owns i can't remember the name of the family yeah but he but he's an untouchable, especially to people that are not made. You don't you don't touch this guy without a sit down and permission first. Right. Right. That's the idea. But this guy makes fun of Tommy because he used to spit shine or shoe shine people. And he keeps telling them, go home and get a shine box. And yeah, it's like, a classic. Oh. It's a classic. Like this guy's been away. Right. Yeah, probably so in jail. He, so. Right. So he right. comes back and he's trying to reestablish himself as a power player. And he sees somebody who used to shine his shoes, who is now a power player, and he wants to bring him down to to where he used to be because he's trying to show his dominance in, in family because he is a May guy. Yeah, yeah, but but he he doesn't remember one of the most important lessons that I was ever told by my mom: you never punch a rabid dog. <laughs> she never. Yeah, and he that. doesn't. But but he and does he doesn't that. know. And he doesn't he doesn't know what Tommy is, right? That's right. the problem with being away, right? You've missed yeah. Tommy's yeah. growth, yeah. right? And what Tommy is. So Tommy does go away, right? He leaves, but he tells Jimmy or Henry, like, make sure he doesn't go. And he comes yeah. back. Keep him here. Yeah, keep him here. Keep that and- motherfucker here. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jimmy and Tommy, again, another scene where Henry is totally innocent in the goings on of the the murder of Billy Bats, right? We believe that, right? Um, yeah. And Tommy and and Jimmy kill him, well, or try to kill him. As it turns out, this is the man that was in the trunk at the beginning of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. He's yep. he's not dead. There is kind of a funny scene where, like, before we get to the trunk scene, where they all go over to Tommy's house. I love this and, scene. And Tommy's mother, played by Scorsese's mom, mm-hmm. um, is like treating them like I was treated when I was 12 
and I went to an Italian family's house. Like they're going to make you, you two pounds of pasta. They're going to cook you food whenever, whatever time of day it is. If you're hungry, if you accidentally broke their window, they'll bring you in and make you food. You know, yeah. like that's the kind of thing that happens in these neighborhoods, at least that I remember from being a kid. And she's just so happy to see her son, right? Who she hasn't seen in a while. Yeah, she's. It's, well, it's not just, technically you know. in a little. I mean, because she was also at. Uh, where was she at? Where she was like telling Tommy to, that he needs to settle. Oh, it was at uh, the it's wedding. Just, it's a scene. That was it's at the wedding. It's oh, been yeah. a while since then. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Long enough. That that, a- I mean, you got to go home every other day, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the way you, you got to call every night. You got to go home every other day. Your your mother needs to see you and know what you're up to. But she does say <laughs> something. Fu- she does say something funny like, uh, "You need to settle down and get yourself a nice girl." And Tommy's like, "I get a nice girl every night." You know, it's <laughs> terrible impression. But that <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah, I get a nice girl every night, mom. And then she pulls a painting out of her ass. I don't know where the hell that painting oh, god that painting is, is like, hey, look, one painting. dog's facing one way the other dog's facing the other way and this guy's like hey what's it to you <laughs> I, I love that painting it cracks me up man yeah and then i think they're saying that the guy in the painting is billy bats without a beard right Isn't well, that well that's what that's what um jimmy says she says, it looks like a guy we know yeah and, oh yeah and then Tommy's like, holy shit, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Yes. Um, So they go, they drive out, they, they end up finishing the job and burying Billy Bats. Now, why did they end up in prison? What happens next, Jeff? You want to handle that one? Uh, they end up in prison because somebody, somebody squawked, somebody talked, gave up their names because they were sent to Florida to, to kill someone else and who they ended up killing was connected somehow to a, his cousin was a FBI reporter and she gave out all the names in the paper. That's that gotcha. just came to me just now. Sorry. Gotcha. I wouldn't okay. have asked no, you if I remembered at the time. <laughs> no, I I know to be honest with you, I, I didn't have it. I, did, I just didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happens. So they all they all end up in jail sans Tommy. And this is a, another thing like life is good, right? While they're in prison. It's another indication that when Tommy's around, things are bad, and when he's not, things are good. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because they're they're I, all yeah. having yeah, they're all having just this wonderful time in prison. They're getting lobsters delivered. They own all the guards. They can go anywhere they want. You know, we hear mention of one skinny guard that they need to take care of. Well, that's just going to be an envelope of money and everything's gravy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, we have the moment that you mentioned, Jeff, where Karen goes in. She looks at the ledger and sees that. Well, there's also the girlfriend a real, real important thing with those deliveries. Henry's gotten into drug dealing. Yes. Um, he's delivering cocaine. Well, he's got pills. He's got a lot of stuff. He's got, he's, yeah. he's yeah. a, he's a virtual fucking CVS. That's basically how he's, how he's supporting the family while he's in prison is by dealing drugs in prison. Right. Because Correct. the other family, the larger family, when you're in prison, they tend to stay away from you and, and lie low on you. They don't want to take care of you. Like, 
they wait yeah, until they, you get out to bring you back into the fold, right? This was but, something that I wish they had um, dug into a little bit more because he was, you know, telling Karen, well, that's just the way it is. You know this. And it's like, why is that the way it is? I, you know, what is you would think that they would want you to be at least comfortable because they know the risks that of you turning right of you of you ratting out so that that just seemed weird to me i don't know it is a little weird i think part of it is and part of the way i would suggest that it happened here is because paulie was also in prison and he needed to lay low yeah he he couldn't allude to any connections to people still in prison yeah and i think that's why jimmy went around the side a little bit to help yeah that makes Karen sense. a little i think that that's makes, why that makes sense yeah i think it's briefly explained but you're right it's kind of like a you as an audience you just have to accept this is the way it is right yeah. um but yeah tommy or henry excuse me has gotten into selling drugs he has a pittsburgh connection um this is how he's taking care of the family um he has a fight with karen because his ex-girlfriend is in the ledger having visit him again he swears offer he says we just need to get through this i will take care of us i need this i need this month right i'll take care of it um he ends up getting out four years four years later four out of ten he was gone Something for four like years yeah. i think of a 10-year a 10-year uh prison sentence um and he ends up and and paulie's been out before him so yeah, he gets he got a, out after a year. Yeah, yeah, he gets a no-show job to be able to remain paroled. Um, as does Jimmy, who's been in Jimmy's been in Atlanta. Uh what's the what's the penitentiary in Atlanta? Fulton, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I was going to say Fulton County Prison, but that's not right. Um, but anyway, the uh, yeah, well, it so could be it was wherever the Johnny Cash went, right? Yeah, you're right. It might be Fulton, Fulton County, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he gets uh, he's down there and he uh, he's also home. And so he all they they both got set up with these jobs, um, you know, and, and he's telling Jimmy about the Pittsburgh connection kind of bringing Jimmy into this as well. Uh, but once they are all kind of back and everything, uh, Polly has a, um, a, a straight up conversation with, with Henry saying, Hey, I don't mind that you had to do this to keep, you know, you got to do what you got to do to keep the family. Okay. You know, but don't fuck this up stop i got you this job i got you this job so you you could stay out of prison and yeah don't do this yeah don't and you'll tell me if anyone does it right Right. and and even like you know it's like you know smacks them and it's like i mean it you know it's like don't don't fuck with this Mm, and uh, of course the you know again the allure the money is too good (laughs) and now he's also got jimmy in on this too um but of course, Jimmy is cooler and, you know, is much more business minded and he, you know, he doesn't really so much fuck it up, but um, it, it gets to the point also where it's like, Hey, um, you know, we gotta, we gotta move Billy bats <laughs> uh, body. And it's like, yeah. Well, what uh, what do you mean that was you know however long ago it's like no we got to move it they they sold the land for 
um, you know, for, for construction or construction. Yeah. yeah. Development for yeah. development. We got, we got to get it out of there because, you know, it's like also, you know, we find out that uh, uh, Polly has been pressured over the whole bats thing. Um, so, you know, and he probably pretty much knows that. Yeah. I mean, Henry Hill was one of the last people to see him alive. You know, it's like, that's, that's not a, that's not a coincidence. That's not a, you know, so he's starting to kind of put things together too, but uh, this is where you also, you know, like Tommy and, and um, Jimmy kind of raz Henry a little bit because he gets, he, he barfs through his, his mask to try to hide the, the smell of, of bat's body which is just kind of funny because that just makes everything worse. Um, oh, I love I love the way that shot with the um, the red of the taillights as they yeah. light as they dig. Yeah, yeah, it's like right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's yeah. almost like a horror film. Yeah, the way that scene is shot and things are are kind of falling apart too. You know, it's like things aren't good. They did a bad thing that they shouldn't have done, and now they have to try to fix it. But do you really trust that somebody like Tommy can really be cool in the in the face of all of this? Um, but anyway, so yeah, so this is really when things really start kind of picking up big time. And um, while Jimmy is putting together the plan for the Lufthansa heist, uh, Henry is just selling coke like it's going out of style. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, he's got his thing going on, which is kind of, that's only going to be as good as it's going to be for however long it can be good. It's going to eventually fall apart. Um, It's, uh, you know, it's one thing to be a guy to be a, a, to, to pull heists. um, But it's a whole other thing to, deal drugs it's 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 a different thing that uh it's not gonna it's not gonna be especially if you're gonna do them while you're selling them yeah which is you know because jimmy kind of scolds him for that too um that that, you know it's like because you can tell that jimmy's just kind of fed up with the kind of uh slapdash job that 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 henry does now right um so Absolutely. uh so yeah so like there's the and it gets um it, it this is where like the the pace of the editing the the song choices that are made it starts to really kind of pick up a little bit because well, it's things, a little more rock and roll now yeah and things get yeah. a little bit harder to con to control here too uh because but everyone's starting to kind of spiral right yeah You've got yeah Jimmy who who after the heist starts to spiral in his paranoia. You've got um, it should be uh, also Henry mentioned drug use and that and then you've got you know you see this the real psycho in um, Tommy shooting the spider spider the whole thing with spider yeah yeah um, Michael Imperioli. Yeah. Um, yeah. It should be mentioned also that uh, the Lufthansa heist is technically none of their plan it's maury's maury was a yeah. guy that we've yeah. seen early on he he sells toupees and maury uh, it's not maury's plan maury tipped it 
Yeah. Okay. It's Jimmy's plan. Maury tipped it to Henry. Henry right. brought Henry it to Jimmy. Brought it to Jimmy. It's Jimmy's right. plan is what but, was successful. But, right. But it was Maury's information and and uh uh Maury is kind of I think it uh, I think he has a gambling problem. Is that right? Is did I read that right? He's always The only thing I know know about him for sure is that he sells toupees right no yeah. but he's always he always, money. Money. <laughs> he's always yeah. needing yeah. money and he was always out of money yes. um, so and, and he was um he was part of of one of their uh poker games or something uh but anyway he's uh so he thinks this is going to be a big you know and he should get a pretty good share of it because he was the one who brought the information well, the, they uh, they pull off the heist. It ends up being five point seven five million dollars or something like that. It's yeah. it's five million dollars in in cash. The, the this is a real thing. heist. Yeah, it is, yeah. It, it yeah, is true. a true real life thing. Five hundred or five million dollars in in cash. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in jewelry. Yeah, it was legitimately, I think, the the most um, lucrative heist in U.S. history, at yep. least at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah at that time. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To that. To that point in time. Yeah, which is in in today's money is something like twenty three million dollars or something. So yeah, it's uh or something like that. I can't. Maybe it was twelve million. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Really, this is this is one of those those things in the movie where I kind of give the the movie a a black mark, not or like a detriment. Demerit. A demerit. Yeah, a demerit. Thank you. Um, where I wished it that it's not really very well uh just explained about you know where is this money coming from who are they ripping off how does this heist go down like you could make a whole movie about just this heist right the lafonza heist it, yeah. it would be fascinating to watch well, they, yeah. they did a year later <laughs> did they really? i think there was a tv movie i think yeah oh funny yeah well i'm sure somebody was like well I, we should tell that story yeah right because uh, uh, yeah. it is interesting no there there are things about this movie that that are kind of missing that it's like huh i wonder oh yeah i guess we're not going to do that um but that's i mean i kind of i kind of feel like you know that's why sometimes i like casino better because it does take its time digging into a lot of the details right whereas goodfellas is like that breakneck pace that is just getting you to the next thing well also we have the problem of i mean i guess Henry could have given some detail about this, but he wasn't. But there. he wasn't there. This yeah. is this is his account. Fair enough. He, he only he only knows what he knows, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure he knew what the plan was, et cetera, et cetera. The important thing is, is they were successful, right? But that's a good point yeah. because he didn't go on the heist. He wouldn't have necessarily that information, and he's our storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so, he even says that he. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that that at this point they have a little party when they've. They, That's where I was getting uh, to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they were successful. Um, Jimmy has made Christmas a point time. to tell. It's Christmas party. Yes, it's Christmas Christmas party, and he, Jimmy has made a point to tell everybody involved in the heist and anybody receiving money that they must be careful. Do not spend any money. Well, somebody shows up in a pink pink Rolls Royce or Cadillac, <laughs> pink Cadillac or whatever. Pink Cadillac. Cadillac. Pink Cadillac. Pink Cadillac. Well, um, yeah these these mob guys they're all they're all driving fucking Cadillacs. They ain't driving Rolls Royces. It was for it was for his wife, and it was in his mother's name, Jeff. I don't <laughs> care. Um, and then another woman shows up in a twenty thousand dollar. Is it Mink, Jeff? Mink, Am I yeah. right? Yes. It? Okay. 
I think it was just want to make sure it wasn't a Rolls Royce for. <laughs> I'm just kidding, um, but yeah. So J- this is what sets off Jimmy's Jimmy spiral, as Jason mentioned. So well, also, we have Henry. Also, Maury is constantly asking for his cut. Yes, yeah. to which we don't know. We don't know what that cut was. What what he was expecting because we know whole- he wanted a twenty thousand dollar advance, but that's all we know. Right. Right. It's like we we don't even know if they ever actually shook on any kind of a deal. No, idea. Henry made mention of splitting it a number of ways, but that's that's we don't know who's all involved. Yeah. I mean, no, we don't. We don't. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and that's the next point I was going to make. Henry says this is Jimmy's money. I know nobody else is ever going to see it. And I was fine with that. A lie, probably. But that's what he says. Right. Well, Henry got his 60K also. He got 60,000. He probably should have gotten more. But yeah, that that was good for him because he had the drug money rolling in, right? Yeah. Well, Henry, all all Henry did was bring it to to Jimmy and he got paid 60K. I mean, that's a pretty good payout. Yeah, I guess. He got paid 60K K a minute, basically. He basically got paid whatever more he probably would have or should have gotten, right? Probably. It's not worth arguing over more, right? He's not yeah. going to pay the tip twice. He's going to pay it to his boy, not to Maury. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. But Jimmy doesn't pay it to anybody, basically, because he ends up killing all of them. Well, <laughs> so yeah. it, well so what he, he does is he, he basically takes out everybody. People that he's worked with for decades, he takes them out. And yep. yes, uh, he's, he's loyal to two people at this point. Well, if, if you exclude Polly, right? right? I think he's loyal to Polly still because he gave him money yeah. for the job. Um, but he's loyal to Henry and he's loyal to Tommy. That is all we know for sure. Yeah, right. right? And Tom, Henry is protecting Maury a little bit like, hey, lay off here, but it doesn't end up mattering in the end. He gets his too, right? Right. Um, but then we but have he's the, the first. Re- he's the first to go. Yeah, I can't remember what order they showed no, him. He in, was the yeah, first one to go because the guy. Who oh, they brought him in the, the car. car. Yeah, because yeah. the guy driving the car ends up in the meat truck. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And, That's a great too, scene, too. And they're like, let's go get. Oh, they have donuts and croissants and everything. And they get in the car and Tommy just stabs them in the back of the neck. Maury, Maury mentions the um, the uh, point shaving. Boston College point shaving scheme in that scene too, right before he gets killed. He's making mention of that, which and is that's really that 30 important. for 30. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really important. Um, we'll get to it at the end. Um, it's the part of the story that they really don't touch on much at all. And it, and it's, it's not exactly a sexy story though. It's not, but it's the reason Jimmy went to jail. Sure. It's the reason Jimmy went to prison when it comes right down to it. So we'll, we'll get there, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's the yeah, same they, thing they we talked about. Down, with, right? It, it's the same thing that we talked about when we talked about untouchables, right? It's like the 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 tax evasion is not the sexy way to end. Right, 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 right. Of of forever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you you build a story around it. You kill some real guys early, you know, by tossing them off buildings and shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> so. At this point is when we center pretty heavily on Henry for the next maybe 20, 30 minutes of the film when he. Oh, I, I do the- want to say real, 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 real quick. The uh, the scene with them finding all the 
dead bodies is scored by my favorite piece of rock instrumental music <laughs> of rock and roll and that's the piano exit of layla and it's it, it's a real good like it's a good choice because it's it is uh it, it's in in some ways it's a it's a uh, um an emotional song but it also is a song that makes you like reminisce about things and these are people that you're essentially seeing their co-workers that they've had for years and years and years being um killed with almost no emotion behind it it's business and fuck them they you know they were part oh yeah of this, this is and i'm saving myself this is when Jimmy points the rabid dog in a direction and says, I need these people taken care of. Right. Um, and what is Tommy, if not more than willing to kill anybody who like even stands up to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Henry marries the woman who stands up to him. Henry kills the people or Tommy kills the people that stand up to him. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That, is, that, that is a great, I mean, the music in this, it's funny because, because a lot of the pieces that you guys are mentioning, I didn't even realize were happening at the time. But now I'm like, okay, I, I can remember that playing while that scene was going on. But I was so engrossed in the film that the music is like, it's a part of the movie, but it's not announcing itself. You know, like some movies you're like. Yeah, I would say that that Layla piano exit does announce itself because it's when the kids notice that there's a car there, there is no music playing for the first time in the entire movie. And right. then as it pans up across the grill to look into the car with the dead people, that's when the piano starts. Uh, right. It, and it's, it announces itself that time. <laughs> right. And it's an outro too, which is cool. Like the right. rest of this movie is the outro to the good old, the good times. It's, it's the right? aftermath of when things were good. Yeah. 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 Um, which, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. What was I going to say next? So after that, we have Henry, in his mad scheme to get his former babysitter to deliver drugs to Pittsburgh for him, which he's done a few times, right? Things are going well, but obviously Henry and Karen are living drug deal to drug deal, <laughs> right? They don't have any money otherwise. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's no <laughs> like us normal people that yeah. used to, yeah, yeah. we yeah. used to, we used to live week to week. They live drug deal to drug deal. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, what I love about this, and I mentioned it earlier, is that Henry is so even the narration is coked out and frantic. It like changes heavily. Well, the rest yeah, the movie, he's the frazzled way. the rest of the way, but not the way he's at. You, you know what I mean? Not the way right. he's acting, the way he's delivering the stuff in the narration is just like I feel his anxiety. Yeah. And he's like speedy almost like he's. I don't want to admit to ever have having done anything, but I'd imagine that you're just a mile a minute when you're on that stuff and you're not even thinking about what you're saying. It, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Um, but that also kind of also sounds like you admit. It. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, it's the portrayal no, I, of the, yeah, of no, it, it, it's the typical portrayal. Like, yeah. Um, raging on cocaine, you know, it's like he's, he's rail. He's on, you know, he's railing. <laughs> um, he's uh, yeah. But like, also you can tell that his paranoia is kicking up a notch because he's constantly uh, 
like you know he goes over to debbie mazar's uh, mazar's place and she cuts the cocaine for him and and packages it and everything but she just she's so coked out by the time that she's done with it she leaves everything out like all the all the sifting all the all the all the uh bowls everything all everything is just left and he's like holy shit clean so up i bought after. the dishwasher <laughs> exactly yeah it's like well i bought the dishwasher you got to clean this stuff up and then he's gone and she's like man whatever you know <laughs> she's too right. high to well, care she, yeah 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 and uh and then oh, she gonna... she adds stress to him because he goes over there to get what is supposed to go to pittsburgh and he goes over there fucks her and then leaves and she's like oh you're just gonna fuck me and leave me and it's like god oh, jesus christ this guy's life's a fucking nightmare <laughs> it's like right. everybody is everybody's constantly on his ass <laughs> this is why i didn't well, become a, a mob guy guys I, right this this constantly everybody on my ass i want it yeah he he's acting like we did on mini things back in the day trying to get our homework done for school this is like that's the admittal i'll make like we used to take mini things and stay up all night writing papers right not you we me and some other people the imperial um, before they were before they were um i don't know do they still allow those i'm taking like we used to call them trucker speed and stuff like oh that. You, can, you can get uh, uh you can still get them yeah, you can get the uh, the ones with the, with the bees on them. Uh, oh, they don't have a fedrin. They don't have a fedrin in it anymore. That's, right, that's yeah. what we used to get. Yeah, they're like just, in they're my just 20s. super caffeine pills or something. Yeah. 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 In my 20s, we'd get the ephedrine. And that's what it was like. You'd talk a mile a minute and not know what the fuck you were talking about if you took too many of those. They were dangerous, and I'm glad they're not available. Um, <laughs> so for but, your kids that might be listening, um, they're not available. They won't listen to this episode. This is good fellas. They, they can't listen to this one. No, they, I was your son. I I yeah, me too. Ephedrazine, 25 milligrams. You can still buy this shit, man. But ephedrazine is not ephedrine, is it? I don't, it's probably derivative. Yeah. Probably well, I mean, we, we, I guess Nazi in a fucking probably lab pretty bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yes. is some sort of synthetic, like synthetic heroin shit. You know, <laughs> but the fucking the Nazi shit they just cooking to... it up in the in the gulag or something. Well, yeah, it's weird if you go back through history. Coke had cocaine in it, and you know, many things used to be on the counter at the gas station. They were the foremost thing you'd see before it switched to like five hour energy or whatever. Yeah, but all the like staying ahead of the curve with drugs the history of america it's kind of crazy oh uh, yeah it's the history of america yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> the american dream going up your nose like one line at a time <laughs> one line at a time so what happens jeff something similar happened to you today i think i read earlier while yeah, i was working fucking helicopter is following around. <laughs> karen do you see it's a fucking helicopter <laughs> Karen, we got to get to your parent. You got to get to your mother's house. But it's oh, so great oh, because man. they do they do such a good job of playing on his paranoia that you know is there. Yeah. That you're like, oh yeah, he's he's seeing things, right? Or not seeing things. He's making things out of stuff that isn't true. Right. But no, this fucking helicopter is following. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it may not actually be too. I mean, it could be. It could be coincidence that there are that there is a because it didn't exactly look like a police helicopter you know i mean no it's a nar been, it's, yeah 
could have been a traffic copter just over the city during the day, right? Something yeah. like that. Because of oh, the morning. He's playing on his paranoia. Yeah. 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 And also, yes, ephedrazine is not ephedrine, not even close. It's just a it's just a derivative word used to as marketing to make yep. you're still getting the good stuff, but you're not. Yeah. Thought so. I figured yep. as much. Um so yeah, guys, I think I know what we can many, get many into. Are basically we, caffeine pills now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think what I know can we what we can, I know we can get into that and you know and find a way to to you know to corner the market and ephedrine. <laughs> I got some I got some connections in Pittsburgh. Have I ever told oh, you about there that? you go. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, you're gonna but, be the Tommy. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so, so Henry Henry gets is making sauce. It's really important. He's making sauce. Oh, he is uh, making sauce. He is making that sauce like, like a madman. <laughs> but it's interesting. Everything that's important to him at this moment, which is making the sauce, cutting the drugs, making the delivery, everything is delegated. He's not doing anything. No, he's, he's trying driving. To, he's trying to deliver guns to Jimmy, but they're all the fucking wrong guns. They're all the wrong guns. But he's like literally to show how bad he's lost it. He has zero control out of anything that's important to him. Yeah, none. Yeah, like this. You know what I mean? He's yep. it's totally over for him because um, he's so fucked up on drugs. Long story short, unless anyone has something to say on these scenes here, um. Oh, he is uh, mon- uh, Monkey Man is playing from Rolling Stones, and that's a fucking rad song. <laughs> it is a rad song. Yeah, <laughs> I do agree that that is a rad. Th- the music in this movie is just great. Oh, if we haven't mentioned that, I think we have. Um, he gets, he ends up finding out that he is being followed by the police um, or the narcs. Karen spills all the drugs into the toilet and flushes them. He's arrested. Everyone is basically taken down, right? Everyone in his operation. Um, Debbie Mazar is brought in. Um, the guy he was giving the guns to, who also has a connection to Pittsburgh, I think, is brought in. So this operation is done. Um, he goes to jail. Karen gets her mother to mortgage her home to get him out, right? And this is where we're at the, like, do you want to call it the crossroads between Jimmy and? Well, um, do we mention? Do we make explicit mention of the of the whack job of? It hasn't happened yet. It's about to happen. Um. No, I'm pretty sure it's happened. No, because because yeah, it's already happened. Like, no, it hasn't. It, no, it has. No, before, no. It ha- before he gets pinched for the DEA, yeah, it's it no, it doesn't. It's after because he goes to talk to Jimmy, mm-hmm. and Jimmy wants to make sure he's not going to give him up. No, no, yeah, I know, but that, but, but by then, um, Tommy's dead. Oh, maybe it did. Ha- I'm. They're at the Tommy's diner twice. Dead. They're at the diner yeah. twice, right? So yeah. I thought they. Yeah, go ahead. Make mention of that because it's an important scene. Well, uh, Tommy's the. Uh, there, yeah, it's important because, um, you know, Tommy is is Sicilian, hundred percent Sicilian, and he's going to get made, and that's really a big deal to Jimmy. Um, Jimmy feels like, you know, if Tommy gets made, they all get made. And that's as, as high a honor as Jimmy's ever going to get. So, um, but in reality, um, when he's going to, to get made in the, the basement of some mobsters, New Jersey house, uh, he realizes it's all set up. He gets shot in the head, killed. Um, so Tommy's out and Jimmy's pretty upset about that. Um, 
that's all that all happens before our sort of frantic it does uh, right before that gotta yeah. make gotta make the sauce scene with the helicopters yeah so uh, but yeah, yeah it, but, it was it was all greaseball shit yeah all that real greaseball shit yep. Do you know who really called killed tommy is that part of that 30 for 30 you watched jason no the character that tommy or the person that tommy's based on i don't know his name but he was killed by john Gotti. oh that's interesting yeah yeah that's a that's a note from steph Uh, one of the few notes steph gave me about it huh that's interesting um i was gonna say you know who killed tommy and i was gonna say tommy um who yeah tommy did kill tommy yeah (laughs) so so but yes he gets out of jail on bail and he goes to see um jimmy and uh really he's kind of feeling it out right right and jimmy wants him to go to florida with one of his guys to uh whack a guy and um and that smells pretty funny to henry he's like i've never we've never been asked by jimmy to go whack a guy i'm i'm pretty sure if i go to florida i'm not coming back that's a one-way trip for me so um it's a it's basically at that point where he decides he's he's got to play ball with the dea and starts telling them stories. Yep. And there's some there's something great here just before that when he meets Jimmy. Like two things. The scene when Karen goes to meet Jimmy mm-hmm. and she kind of feels like she's gonna get killed, but you don't know for sure. He's like pointing around the corner. He's like, Hey, yep. right over there, right, right over, over there. there. And she leaves. Um yeah. and yeah, then that's, that's a good scene. It's a great one of my favorites actually in the movie. I just love the way De Niro is in that. Uh-huh. And when Henry goes to see Polly. Um, and Polly's like, Hey, you know, I got to turn my back to you now. And he gives him 3,200 bucks. Yeah. And, and Henry's like, not for a lifetime, yep. not even enough to pay for the coffin is such yep. a great line. Yep. Um, and that's, yeah, that's it. He goes and plays ball with the DEA. Um, they go in to witness protection and Henry yeah, becomes the, the, some schnook. The guy who is, um, talking to henry and karen about how witness protection is going to work he um that was the actual agent on the case who had that actual conversation with the real henry hill and his wife oh really um, yep that was, that awesome. was the actual guy um he playing himself uh here's the thing with this so uh what kind of happened was henry hill just kind of started telling stories right of all the shit that he had been involved in They'd ask him about certain people and he'd be like, oh yeah, that's what we, that's the guy we did the thing with on the thing and the thing, right? Just telling him all this shit. They didn't know what to believe and what not to believe, really, because Henry is such a bullshitter. They're like, you know, are, is anybody going to believe this guy if he testifies against Jimmy, right? Because that's who they wanted. They wanted Jimmy because they wanted him for the Lufthansa heist. Because they knew it was him, they just couldn't prove it, right? So he's just telling stories. Henry's just telling stories. Anything he probably tell, like most of the shit's kind of coming off half off the cuff. And he makes casual mention to the fact that he had his people in Pittsburgh and they were they were point shaving at Boston College. He actually said BU. They're like BU. It's like there wouldn't have been lines on BU at that time. What about Boston College? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, it was Boston College. So this guy was really curious about that because the agent because he went to Boston College. And he knew the team and he got, he got the yearbook out and he was like, who are the guys that were involved? And he pointed out the three players that he, that he was in contact with over all that point shaving stuff. 
Henry Hill says he didn't even he didn't even think that point shaving was illegal. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> he's amazing. Just, he's just saying all this shit, and he, he's like, "What's the big deal?" You know, you know, we just got some college kids to to shave some points off the spread. So, um, so that basically he was able to they were able to then find those guys, those basketball players, and arrest them and make them testify in open court that there was a conspiracy, right? It's always a conspiracy to commit crime, not necessarily that a crime was committed because um, they couldn't actually prove that these players missed baskets actually on missed back- baskets on purpose, but they could prove that there was a conspiracy to get them to do so. And some of them went to jail. One of them went to, to, to prison for like 10 years. Um, but, uh, but that's how they got Jimmy. They got Jimmy on conspiracy charges to on that point shaving deal. And that's why he went to prison. Interesting. So there was no, so that pointing him out in court crap never happened. Uh, it, it did to a degree, but not, not the way it was dramatized. Right. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, this was playing up like the, the big, like I said, the bigger, sexier, you know, crimes. Yeah. It's, it, I get, yeah. I get that, but this is like, but they never got him, but they, but they never got him for Lufthansa. Never got him. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I mean, even though the, even though never got, never got him for murders, nothing. It, it was all it was all for that that uh, point shaving fraud conspiracy. Yeah, interesting. You know, and probably yeah. if he had actually followed that path a little bit, you know, you could say almost that like <laughs> um, that that one of the things that protected him from being found guilty for murder is dead because Tommy is dead. Right. Right. You know, totally. so like, you know, I mean, probably a maybe, fortunate, fortunate accident or fortunate thing for him. Right. Well, yeah. it might've been in some ways. Yeah. In some ways it might've been, well, he's, he's a rabid dog anyway. That's eventually going to catch up to him. I'll just send him out to do, you know, he wants to kill these people anyway, if I can do it. And I'm, you know, there might've been another level there, you know, right. Know um but yeah um yeah so so yeah uh so okay here's a few things that i wanted to talk about uh first and foremost uh it was one of the few movies i think there were only four or five total that both ebert and siskel gave number number one to um and peter travers did as well as far as like the big time known uh critics um of the of 80 film critics goodfellas was named the best film of the year by 34 of them um and um yeah so uh that's uh yeah it's pretty strong and uh ebert had said that you know this was a better made movie about um about organized crime than the godfather uh which is that's a that's a big that's a big statement, but also Eber, or, you know, uh, Roger Ebert made no bones about the fact that he was friends with Martin Scorsese, that he was his favorite director. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, uh, Scorsese uh, produced the, the adaptation of life itself. Uh, I, think, so, I don't think it's different. Right. I don't necessarily think it's better. Um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there are two different. The Godfather is just far more familial, right? Yes. It is. It is a well, it's generational it, it, too. It, it, yes. And it's about that, you know, God, Goodfellas is more about the hustle, 
right? Mm -hmm. It's more about the bit players, right? It's about the guys who aren't made, who are trying to be a part of this thing. Yeah. 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 Um, But I, you know, as I kind of said that I felt like this kind of signaled maybe the point in which the, you know, the wave broke as far as mob movies. Now there are mob movies after this. Um, I mean, the very next year, Bugsy came out and Bugsy had even more Oscar nominations than, than Goodfellas did. Um, But I don't really necessarily think of that as a mob movie. It's more of a beginning of Las Vegas type of movie. Um, I, you know, I, I haven't seen casino in a long time and I always kind of felt the same way with that, that it's a little bit more of a Vegas movie Mm, and not the larger mob idea right but i mean there are good mob movies that have come out but this was the last one of this kind of ilk in my opinion that that really across the board people see it and they praise it and they believe that it is truly among some of the best american movies ever made um and i also think that you know i mean a lot of that had to do for two reasons. A lot of mob movies that came after this tried to either copy this or the Godfather, which doesn't really make it all that original. Um, doesn't really make it all that uh, quite as compelling as those two movies were, but also, uh, you know, I mean, we, we only maybe briefly touched upon this when we, when we did this, what last year, um, but you know, this was also the rise of, of the black gang movies, you know, with, mm-hmm. with boys in the hood kind of touching upon that. Then of course, menace to society, um, what new Jack city would have probably been after this too. Right. Um, you know, those were the movies that became more interesting in the sense that they were something that was kind of maybe taken seriously for the first time in 20 years, probably. So, you know, it's like, uh, it, the, the the things kind of shifted towards a different direction and and goodfellas was kind of a exclamation point on all of that right it's like yeah we maybe we maybe can't do any better than this so maybe we're not going to make uh you know maybe it's not going to be as easy to find those really great uh gangster movies that are in this kind of style in the in the classical style i should say i mean i think a lot of people tried oh um, sure I mean, and you could even say, well, what about it wasn't Gangs of New York kind of like the like the the origin story of it? It's like, well, yeah, but I mean, but that's not it's it's not that style of the 50s, 60s kind of mob like mob life, if you if you catch my drift there. Um yeah. Sure. Um so uh one other thing I wanted to say or wanted to talk about was that obviously this movie this movie didn't win best picture in 1990 despite the fact that it is better liked generally it you know not by just critics but by normal people than the one that did win which was uh dances with wolves and there's always it's one of those things where it's like i i'm i do quite like dances with wolves for two reasons two primary reasons um the cinematography and the score make that movie uh one hell of an epic movie uh but 
so with that it's like well why why wouldn't the best movie or the movie that people think is the best movie win best picture um and this is a, a classic example of something that a lot of people bitch about with the oscars but they don't really know how to very well articulate this sort of thing um the oscars will almost always tend to pick a movie that makes them feel good in a cultural way as opposed to a violent movie and i think the reason why scorsese didn't win an oscar for a really 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 long time is that he had a reputation for being almost unnervingly violent out of the blue like tommy is a classic martin scorsese character he's there something happens and he erupts into violence and then it and then it goes away and it's it's something that didn't appeal to people 30 years ago didn't appeal to people in the 70s with like taxi driver i mean it's it's it appealed to the point that it's like, this is a really good movie. It's a tough movie. It's a, it's a movie that you have to kind of deal with, but it's not something that um, when people could feel better about saying, Hey, here's a movie that makes native Americans look more noble. We're going to vote for that one. Um, it kind of happens even to this day with the Oscars that sometimes movies that make, Hollywood feel a little bit better about themselves <laughs> tends to win the awards over the movies that maybe deserve it a little bit more. I, well, I think it should also be noted that um, dances with wolves is a masterpiece in its own right. Yeah. It's not, it's not like you can make a strong argument for it winning best picture. Oh, absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. Um, but, but a lot of people shit on it because it's not good fellas also. I mean, but I, I wonder how many of those people have actually even seen dances. With well, that's fair. I mean, it's like, it's like shitting on Annie Hall for beating star Wars. Right. Uh, come on. You know, the science fiction kids movie isn't going to win the best picture. I mean, it's possible to like both Braveheart and babe, you know, it doesn't matter which one won the best picture. You can even say the one that you like more didn't win, but you like the one that did win. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, uh, Dances with Wolves, while maybe it doesn't age quite as well 31 years later, because there, you know, there are some people who do classify it as the white savior type of movie, um, is also very well made um, and very respectful where it could be and was important 31 years ago. Um you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it is a masterpiece in its own right. And it's, that's a tough, tough choice. Uh, when you compare it to the other three movies that were nominated that year with uh, ghost, eh, that was the big, that was the big moneymaker of right. the year. Uh, Godfather three shouldn't have been nominated. Uh, it's not a very good movie, uh, at least in comparison to everything else. And yeah. then the fifth one, which I don't even remember. So, um, you know, it's, uh, hang on a second. What was the fifth one? Um, so Scorsese did not win a best director until the departed, right? Which is awakening. Is the fifth because, 
Awakenings is going to be wow. Well, Awakenings is good. That, I mean, well, it is a good, but yeah, De Niro was was nominated for uh, for Awakenings for acting for that. Yep. Yeah, for if, yeah. Now uh, I would also say that Joe Pesci winning the Oscar for this probably helped Marissa Tomei win an Oscar two years later. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Um, because you know Joe Pe- that was Joe Pesci's movie and she stole it from him. Mm-hmm. and he's the oscar winner and so yeah she gets the yeah she gets one too um but yeah it's um yeah i mean and uh 1990 you could probably say really did come down to goodfellas and dances with wolves dances with wolves won the american oscars goodfellas won the baftas that makes sense yeah. it, that yeah. that that makes sense and dances with wolves made a shit ton of money compared to goodfellas mm-hmm. at the box office yeah Marty's always done a little better with the BAFTAs than he has the Academy Awards. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, like those two movies will always be connected and there are, there are reasons why sometimes the best movie by critic standards or by money, you know, popular standards go don't win. There are sometimes those social reasons why Academy members vote a particular way. It's, it's at the end of the day, it doesn't really fucking matter. If, if Goodfellas is one of your favorite movies, it's absolutely valid. If you like dances with wolves more, that's absolutely valid too. It doesn't fucking matter. They're both really good movies <laughs> and yeah. they're both soundtracks. I would listen to all day, all night. <laughs> well, John Barry got an Oscar for dances with wolves. So, you know, I love it. So yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, they're just, it, that's a tough choice. If I had to vote, I don't know what I would have voted for 30 years ago. Um, yeah. I'm going to vote for saying this was a good movie and thank you for recommending it, Stephanie. Yes, that's indeed. my vote. That's, yeah. yeah. I vote for Stephanie good. too. Any final buttons on Goodfellas? Fellas? Good, uh, my good fellas? Uh, my wise guys? Um, yeah, the, uh, I should, we should say the book was called Wise Guy, not not Goodfellas. Yeah. They changed the title. Yeah, they changed it. I think because um, De Palma was making a movie called Wise Guys at the same time, and Scorsese just wanted to avoid any any uh, confrontation around it. Any yep. problems? Yep. Um, yep. No. Um, this. Yeah. Uh, this was one of those movies I saw probably maybe a little too young for all i mean although honestly this movie is really r-rated for violence and language there's no nudity in it not that i can remember um so yeah i mean still it's it's one of those movies that kind of shaped those early days where it's like i was discovering movie i was you know you hear that a movie's really good and you watch it and you say yeah that's really good and then you think about and this is a movie that you think about a lot more after the fact because it is such breakneck speed and pacing that it is difficult to uh to really catch your breath until after it's over and then you think back on it and it's like huh what a what a what a crazy life that guy had yeah yep. it should also be mentioned that there would be no sopranos without goodfellas um <laughs> and it was a half pretty much the entire cast of sopranos was was pulled from goodfellas in some way shape or form i mean most i mean other than tony soprano himself um, a lot of the cast was uh was in goodfellas which is yep. fun, 
it's fun to point in spots like, oh, you were so and so in Goodfellow or in Sopranos. Were, were both Mike Dude. and Bo Star in The Sopranos? Surely. Wait, what? Like, were Mike, both... Mike, I don't know if Mike Star was in The Sopranos. But Bo Star is in, in both of them are in both Mike and Bo Star in Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah. The um, I mean, probably the person with the biggest role in Goodfellas that carried over was um spider was Bracco. i mean oh, oh yeah. yeah she was she was the psychiatrist tony psychiatrist yeah true, um, true. But yeah but yeah michael imperiori of course um vincent spano um does that his name spano a lot of guys a lot of guys were in sopranos huh oh uh, awesome. david chase i believe it was david chase right who created sopranos he said yeah i mean it, it was goodfellas was the prototype for for the show he makes no bones about the fact that he was making a long form television version of goodfellas i um, it's a good good place to draw your uh yeah your inspiration yeah yeah no sure. doubt <laughs> i i didn't realize that vincent gallo was in uh was in goodfellas too and one of the henry yeah, seven there's a goodfellas too Ah. <laughs> it happened again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in there somewhere. I, 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 I did. I couldn't spot him. I don't know where. Yeah, he, is, he was but... in the seventies. That's yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, he he looks like he would probably be coked out with with uh, Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> well, what's his name? Frank Frank Vincent. He played a prominent role in Sopranos. Billy Bat's character. He was he was in there. Also, um, we have Sam Jackson showing up as. Oh yeah, we didn't mention. Yeah, he was stacks. Uh, he fucking got stoned and fell asleep and forgot to get rid of the truck. Yeah, yep. he was gonna die I mean, anyway. He paid for it. He paid for it. Oh yeah, Ileana Douglas had a funny line in this movie too. Uh, I always like when she shows up and stuff. Yeah. I like her. Uh, she well, she was uh, Scorsese's girlfriend at the time. Oh, I did not know that. Um, but she, uh, yeah, she was um, she was Joe Pesci's girlfriend in the scene at the Christmas party, or I think it was at the Christmas party. And Stack showed up, and, she, and he's like, "Don't you fucking look yeah. at Stacks!" And then yeah. he walks off, and she says to her, the friend next to her, "It's like, uh, it's like he's so jealous. If I even look at another guy, he threatens to kill him." And the other girl says, "That's great." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah so yeah no there's uh yeah good stuff good good stuff what's next for us do we have hey you know what it is time for us to go on a little trekation oh, oh boy <laughs> are we doing a different generation trekation we sure are we sure are but first we gotta we gotta tie the bow on the previous generation before we can go to that next generation full oh okay so All we're right. gonna do we're gonna do star trek we generations do, do yeah the plural generations more than one we have to do yeah. my least mm. favorite first but it gets better from it gets way better right after first <laughs> right after generations is that uh, first contact yes or whatever um yeah. yeah first contact is legitimately one of the best boy movies i don't know what the last time i've seen generations it's been a long time so any be rough any star trek fans out there that didn't watch the first trekation be prepared for me not to know shit about star trek but i did enjoy the first trekation i might be rougher for you well you're gonna (laughs) like you're you're gonna like first contact i think i like insurrection more nowadays than i did back then 
I'm going in open-minded, and if I don't like any of the movies, I'll just put on Happy in Paraguay, and I'll talk about that the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, starting next month, we have Star Trek business to, to attend to, uh, but this time with uh, Captain Picard and his merry band of uh, Enterprise D guys. Um, nice. And uh, we'll be joined again by, uh, by Ken Shuttleworth. This is his generation of, you know, this is his, this is his jam. So, um, you know, I'm an original series guy. Ken is the next generation guy. I think Jason, you're a next generation guy, right? I'm more original series. Oh, okay. Quite, but I watched both. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that should be fun. So that is going to start July 7th. And that means that every Wednesday, that's where you get these new episodes of Film Seizure. Um, our our home base podcast series right here on filmseizure.com you can also find uh film seizure on all the uh the all the various platforms you got soundcloud you got um apple podcast google podcast stitcher tune in spotify and um the um audible audible is always the one that i that i can't ever remember what it's called i'm sorry <laughs> Also, I don't know if anyone uses that anyway. I think some people do. Yeah, go ahead. I was... um, it's the one thing you can get on Audible for free. You don't have to have the subscription. You don't have to buy anything there. So you can listen to podcasts Thanks. there. Um, so anyway, also, uh, we do upload stuff to uh, YouTube. So um, subscribe to us there. Um, you know, smash that like button, motherfuckers. Um, but also on Monday, <laughs> all of those places, we have my uh, little monster program, Monster Mondays. This upcoming Monday, July 5th, the Omega Man always makes me think of um, Strange Brew when he <laughs> says, Have you seen the Omega Man? Uh, <laughs> Takeoff hoser. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh so anyway so that happens uh on mondays same places all those same places um i also have uh friday mornings you can read uh new articles at bmovieenema.com uh this upcoming friday july 2nd is nightmare sisters fun david dakota flick um we got some really good movies in july one really bad one but four pretty good ones. Um, so yeah, Nightmare Sisters, that's every Friday. Also, uh, there is the B-Movie Enema YouTube channel. Uh, smash that fucking subscribe button. Ring that bell. Don't be a bitch. Do those things. That's how you're supposed to do it, right? Like, that's how you're supposed, yeah. to, you're supposed to, to sm- smash that like button. Yeah, yeah. smash it. Um, anyway, so <laughs> we, we aren't those people, though. No, no, we are not. Um, <laughs> but uh, it would be nice the series is over there. Yeah. Yeah. and uh you can you can check out like stuff that i put there for b movie anima and all that um so yeah um if you like the things that we do here on this show you can go to coffee ko-fi slash or ko-fi.com slash film seizure buy us a coffee i promise to split that one dollar each of us unless you don't like jason 
And then Chuck, that's more for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just Damn. cut that motherfucker out and then shiv him in the back of a cat. Smash that, Jason. Anyway, so those are those are the things that you can do. Do those things. We greatly appreciate it. We like our uh, listeners. And hey, you know what? You can still suggest stuff to us. Uh, where can they email us, Jason? filmseizure at gmail.com is where you can email us send us a note we'll read it electronically or you know, tweet us tweet us would be great yeah facebook you and twitter you, we can get us there um, slide into our dms even yeah mm, that <laughs> after erotic. you smash the, smash the <laughs> like button and slide into our dms <laughs> yeah, nobody's Woo! ever gonna do that ever uh great this is getting too sexy <laughs> um anyway so yeah do those things uh suggest us uh, more movies and um chuck i have a movie to suggest to Steph uh, in return and if you sure. want to you can even borrow it the next time you're here fart the movie all right let's do it she'll love it uh she will it's not that good <laughs> yeah, she likes farts she does she does and there are farts in that movie yeah uh anyway so um yeah and i guess until next time uh i i am uh I, I don't have a cool mob nickname. I'm just Jeff. <laughs> I'm Chuck the Knuckle. <laughs> I don't have a cool one either. So you can be I'm Jason two Oliver. times. Could be Jason two times. Jason the liver, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been listening to Film Seizure. <laughs> Did he freeze? He froze. <laughs> I'm just pretending that I froze. <laughs> 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 <laughs>